You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Kia ora Church, it is so fantastic to have you joining us today. And uh, we are going into part two of our series. And Steve started our series last week with a phenomenal message. And I just want to encourage you, uh, wherever you're watching from today, if you did not hear last week's message, I want to encourage you to go to YouTube and check it out. It really was a powerful service. In this series, The God I Thought I Knew, we're looking at the picture of God that maybe we grew up with. And whether you grew up in church or not, we all over time, over our lives growing up, have developed some kind of picture of who we think God is and what He is like. And oftentimes what happens is we grow up, but our view of God doesn't. And many times our childhood God that we believe in doesn't match up to the grown-up circumstances that we are encountering in our lives. And all of a sudden, we become very vulnerable and at risk of a crisis in our faith. And so we're spending some time over the coming weeks looking at spending some time growing up in our view and understanding of who God is. I recently watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Do you remember that movie? Do you remember the scene where Veruca Salt is in the Golden Goose Factory? And she asks her father for one of those golden geese. Hey, Daddy, I want a golden goose. All right, sweetheart, all right. We'll get you one as soon as we get home. Daddy will get it for you. No, I want one of those and I want it now. Veruca Salt, a little girl who viewed her daddy like a vending machine. She put in her request and he delivered. He gave her what she wanted when she wanted it. I mean, that's a pretty sweet deal. Am I right? I mean, I think I would ask for a golden goose too if I knew it was just at my disposal. Do you know, as I watched parts of that scene, as I watched her ask for this golden goose and throw a tantrum when she didn't get it, some of it, to be honest, hit a little bit close to home. I mean, if I'm real honest with myself, I think back to some of the temper tantrums I have thrown when I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted it. And I begin to wonder if perhaps there's a little bit of Veruca Salt in all of us. Because I wonder if it might be that at times in our lives, we have viewed God in the same way that Veruca viewed her father. Could it be that the God you thought you knew was a vending machine God? A God who gave you what you wanted when you wanted it. After all, some of those verses that we learned growing up in children's church confirmed that that was the deal, right? I mean, Psalm 37 verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. I mean, Matthew 21 verse 22 even says, and whatever you ask for in prayer, you'll receive if you have faith. These are the verses that we have built our theology about prayer on. These are the verses that we memorized in children's church or some of the first verses that we memorized when we came to the Lord. These are the ones that we quote one another when someone is waiting for an answer to prayer, don't we? Don't get me wrong. These verses are powerful, 
They are the Word of God. They are true. And there have been so many times in my life where I have seen each and every one of these verses play out in my life as God has absolutely delivered on the promise, as He's given me the desires of my heart, as I have received what I have asked for in prayer. Because God is a God who hears and answers prayer. I want you to hear that today. Wherever you are, whatever circumstance you are in, I want you to know that nothing is impossible for Him. He is both willing and able to move in your life. I want to encourage you to continue to be persistent in your prayer life. Don't give up pressing into Him. Don't give up knocking. Don't give up seeking because you need to know the God who answers prayer. And yet, I'd be lying if I said it was that way every time. I cannot deny that there has been time after time after time where I, I didn't get what I asked for. I didn't receive what I was praying for. Time where I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted it. I didn't get the desires of my heart. I can remember just recently a season that we were in of, of selling and buying our house. And we were praying for one particular home. It was just what we wanted and it was where we wanted it. And there were a whole bunch of things that had to be, like a bunch of boxes that had to be ticked. There were a whole bunch of prayers that had to get answered if we were going to be able to bid at auction on the day that this house went up for auction. And over the number of weeks that we were praying those prayers, you would not believe the number of prayers that were answers. I mean, answer after answer after answer came. It was amazing. We saw miracle after miracle leading up to the auction of that house. And I have to tell you that all the signs were pointing toward God giving us that house. Everything was lining up. We went into that auction thinking, surely after all those answers to prayer, after all of those miracles, this has got to be the house that God has for us. There was just one thing that didn't line up. We were outbid at the auction. The house was sold to somebody else. And I can remember walking away from that auction with a brave face on the outside, but that sting of disappointment on the inside, that sting of God, why didn't you give me the desires of my heart? You've been there, hey? Times when the vending machine broke, times when that blessing that you have been believing for got stuck in the machine somewhere and all you want to do is kick that thing until it dropped down. Times when the machine didn't deliver as you thought that it would and you were left questioning everything you thought you knew about your vending machine, God. You know, while I have seen multiple times in my life I've seen many answers to prayer. I can testify to the God who answers prayer. I know the miracle working power of God firsthand in my life. But that's not the only faith journey I have been on. Because I have also prayed for jobs I didn't get. I have prayed for people to be saved from tragedy and they weren't. I have prayed for people who were sick to get healed and they didn't. I have prayed 
for marriages to be restored and they weren't. Maybe some of you are thinking that you won't get me to pray for you in the, in the future. Because, you know, sometimes God does allow me to have what I want when I want it. But my journey of faith has taught me that more often than not, he actually doesn't. And the question is, what do I do when my theology of a vending machine God doesn't match up with the reality of my current circumstance? There are a few things that I think we need to understand. Let's start with the what I want theology. What I want. God will give me what I want. If God loves me, then He wants me to have the things that I want. If God is a loving Father, then He will fulfill all of my desires. If God is a good God, then He will only give me good things. Those sound pretty good, don't they? The problem, though, with having a what I want theology is that it means you and I resume the role of the all-knowing, all-powerful God. We think we know what's best. We think what we want is what is best for us. And we try and control the outcome because our outcome is what's best. The only problem with this is that unfortunately, you and I are not the all-knowing God. So when we are asking, we ask out of a limited perspective and limited understanding. Back when we could travel, do you remember those days? Long ago, we planned a trip and we took the boys to Disney World in Florida. Now we had never been before and we hadn't really known of many people who had been, but we did know of a few who had been. And so because I hadn't been there before, I needed to, to use and utilize the expertise of others who had experienced what we were about to experience. And so I asked around. I asked as many people as I could all about the park. I asked, what are the best places to stay? Where are the best places to eat? I asked, what parks should we go to first? I asked, how can we manage to jump the queues and get the fast passes? I asked, what time we need to arrive? All the questions that I had, I asked people who had knowledge and experience and perspective that I didn't have. We do that, don't we? Yeah, I've seen it on Facebook. Have you seen it where people say, hey, we're heading to Queenstown. Can anybody recommend any good places to eat? Or you call your auntie in Blenheim and ask her what the weather's like so that you can know how many layers to pack in your suitcase. What we're doing is we're relying on the perspective of others to guide us because we aren't there yet. We aren't there yet. We do it in so many areas of our lives and yet we often struggle to do it with God. We'll trust Auntie Carol with what to pack in our suitcase, but we struggle to trust God when it comes to knowing what's best for our lives. We forget that God sees what we don't. We forget that He has this eternal perspective that sees the beginning from the end, that sees everything far and wide, that from our perspective, we just do not see. We forget that it means that He's been there and we aren't there yet. And because we're not God, 
And because we are not all knowing, and because in our human nature, we don't only see and ask from a limited perspective, but when left to our own devices, the other thing we do is we always lean toward asking out of our own selfish desires and consumer instincts. Think about what happens when you go to the supermarket hungry. It's a dangerous mistake, a rookie mistake, but I know we've all made it. We can all admit to it. I've been to the supermarket hungry. What happens when we do that? Oh, we come home with everything we wanted and absolutely nothing we needed. We come home and walk through that front door with potato chips and pies and fried chicken and donuts and chocolate milk, having forgot the toilet paper and the bread and the potatoes and the rubbish bags, the only four things that you were sent there for in the first place. We've all been there, haven't we? When you are desperate, your hunger, your desperation is all you think about. All you see is the food you want and you forget what you actually need. And I think it's like that in our own lives, isn't it? When we are so desperate for God to fulfill a want in us, it's all we think about. And it consumes our thinking and we become so focused on that want that we miss the fact that there might be something else that God actually wants to do in us through that situation. Okay, so what about the when I, when I want it theology? When I want it. God will give me what I want when I want it. If he wants me to have it, he'll make a way for me to have it now. And when God finally gives me what I want, then I will experience the blessing of God. The problem with the when I want it theology is that it always leads us to living in one day when. We begin to live a life of one day when. One day when I get married. One day when I get that job. One day when I graduate. One day when I buy our own house. One day when the kids go to school, one day when the kids move out, one day when I'm healed, one day when, one day when. And when these things don't take place, when we plan them to, we perceive God's delays to be denials and we start to live in the disappointment of unmet expectation. And I know we have all been there. There's a story in Acts chapter three. And it's a story of a man that's been lame since birth. And every single day, he gets carried and placed by the temple gate to beg from those who are entering the temple every day. Every day, day in and day out, he does the same thing. He gets carried and he's placed there day in and day out for many, many years. He waits for his provision. And in Acts chapter three, 3, verse 3, we pick up our story. It says, when Peter and John were about to enter into the temple, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. 
Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Do you know what I notice about this man's story? He received what he needed, not what he wanted. He asked for silver and gold, but he didn't get that. That wasn't what he needed the most. And if there is one thing that I have learnt that has helped me to grow up in my vending machine God theology, it's this. God gives me what I want. God gives me what I need, but it might not be what I want. God gives me what I need, but it might not be what I want. Here's the thing. Oftentimes, we try to look to outward solutions to solve inward dysfunctions. But the healing power and breakthrough that we need is never going to be found in the things we think we want. The world will try and tell you that money will solve your problems. It's gonna tell you that a change in career or a new boss is gonna help you with your issue. It'll try and tell you that a bigger house or, or a different husband or wife is gonna make you happy. Listen, those things may soothe an outward want, but they are never going to scratch the surface of the deeper need that lies beneath, the need that God is interested in far above any want that you and I may have. Let me ask you this. Is there something that God knows needs to be done in your life that you are overlooking because you're too busy looking for your want? Is there something that God wants to do? Is there a work in you? Is there a need that He wants to address that we are overlooking because we're too focused on asking Him for what we want? Have you ever said, one day when, and live to regret it? I can remember when I was a youth leader, and I was leading a group of girls, they were about 13 years old, and one of them uh, was talking, we were talking about bungee jumping, and one of them was desperate to do a bungee jump, but her mum would not let her. Her mum just said, absolutely not, you can't do it until you're 16. So out of the blue, I don't know what happened. The words just came out of my mouth before I could get them back in. I jump in and say, well, one day when, one day when you turn 16, I'll pay for you and I to do a tandem bungee. I'm not sure what was going on through my head. I think I thought she would forget and not call me up on it. She didn't. Sure enough, that 16th birthday came round way faster than I had hoped it would. And sure enough, three weeks before her big day, she calls me up and calls me out on the promise. And all of a sudden, I found myself immediately feeling very underprepared for something that three years earlier actually sounded really good and okay. One day when, I can remember another time where I was sitting on a plane on my way to New York City to preach in a church over in New York. And as I sat on that plane looking through my message that I was gonna share, I began to think back to all of the times 
when people had given me a prophetic word, when they had spoken something that they believed God was saying would come to pass over my life. And that word was that I would speak internationally, that I would speak in many nations. And listen, when you get a prophetic word like that spoken over you so many times, I mean, I'm talking over 20 times I've had that word spoken over my life, you begin to wonder, when is it going to take place? When is this going to happen? And so as I sat on that plane, looking through my message, I was surprised at the feeling that came over me. As I sat on my way to do the very thing that I had been praying for, all of a sudden I became very aware of how unprepared I felt. I became gripped with fear, regret, and I threw myself into a panic. I was like, God, don't make me do it. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not ready. Why are you sending me? This is crazy. You think I can do this? And I realized what I thought I wanted, I wasn't as ready for as I like to think I was. You see, here's what I've learned that has helped me grow up in my vending machine God theology. Often the wait is about what you need, not what you want. Often the wait is about what you need, not what you want because it's in the waiting that God does the work in us, the work we need to fulfill what it is that we want. What's interesting about this man, this lame man who was healed, is that this man's outcome is that by meeting his need, he also was able to receive what he wanted. His healing fixed his money problem because he was able to go out and work, but it didn't come without the day in and day out wait, because the waiting is where the work happens. You see, on that plane ride to New York, I suddenly wished I had spent more time praying, not for what I wanted. I wish I'd spent more time praying for what I needed, because I might wanna preach, but what I need is depth in the Word, and depth in my relationship with God. And that, that happens in the waiting. And I might wanna lead, but what I need is solid character that's not shaken. And that, that happens in the waiting. The work happens while we wait. Could it be, friend, that on the other side of your want is a deeper need that is only realized through a season of waiting. I'm gonna wrap this up really soon. But I wanna say this, here's what we aren't taught in Sunday school about Psalm 37 verse four. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. See, where we put a focus on the He will give you the desires of your heart, I wonder if God in our maturing faith journey wants to shift our focus from, I will give you the desires of your heart and actually invite us to place our focus on the delight 
yourself in the Lord. Because interestingly, that word delight, its original translation comes from a word that means to be soft or pliable. Could it be that when we grow up in our view of this vending machine God, we need to make a shift? And I believe that today, all across living rooms, all across this nation and across the world, God is asking you, He's saying it's time to make a shift. And He wants us to shift from a vending machine God to the potter's wheel, where we sit soft and pliable, where we move from I make my request and He delivers to I offer Him my heart and He makes me whole. He makes me into a vessel that can be used by Him. See, here's the challenge before I wrap up for all of us today. Could we change our prayer? Could we change our prayer from God, grant me what I want when I want it, to Lord, would you do a work in me so that what you want becomes what I want? Make your desires my desires. Why don't we pray that together right now, today? God, we thank you so much that you are a God who hears and answers prayer. I thank you that you are all powerful and you are all knowing. And Lord, right now, all across our church, all across our nation, everyone watching, God, you know the needs in their heart and you know the wants, you know the desires of their heart. And God, I lift each and every one of them to you, trusting, persisting and pushing through in prayer. God, we believe and we trust that you're a God who is both willing and able to meet our need, to answer our prayer, oh God. But we understand, oh Lord, that there are some seasons, oh God, where we might see that those prayers are not answered. And God, I pray that you would comfort those who are in a season right now of disappointment through unmet expectation. And God, as we grow up in our view of who you are, we make a shift, Lord. And we pray right now. We pray, God, would you change something in us? Would you do a work in us, oh God, that your wants would become our wants? that your desires would become our desires. Lord, while we wait, would you do a work in us so that we receive healing and wholeness for the deep need that would see us fruitful as you fulfill the want. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Church, there's just one more thing that I'd love to do, one more group of people that I would just be privileged if I could just speak to for a moment. Perhaps you're watching our screen today. Perhaps you're watching our service and you're not really into church. Maybe this is your first time watching, wondering whether perhaps you've sort of watched a few times, but maybe you've never made a decision to know God. Maybe you've never made a decision to invite God into your life and accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Well, I believe that today is your day. And I'm gonna help you to do that. 
See, God loves you and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. The problem is, is that we all turn our backs on Him at some point. We all try and do it our own way. We try and do what we think is best and we make mistakes and we mess up. The Bible calls it sin. And it also says that that sin, it separates us from God, but God wants nothing more than to be in relationship with you. And so in His desire to bridge the gap that sin has created, He sent His Son Jesus to die Uh, to live a sinless life on earth and then die a sinner's death, a death that you and I would do to pay the debt for our sin. And I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. I'm gonna invite each and every one of you to pray that prayer with me. And and, and if you want to today, I wanna encourage you to mean it with everything that you have. Really make this prayer your own. We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. And I ask for your forgiveness today. Would you make me brand new? I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a Saviour. I ask that you would come into my life now. Would you be my Lord and my Saviour? I hand over the steering wheel of my life to you, Lord, and I say, God, take control. Thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First of all, we want to say congratulations to every single one of you who prayed that prayer. Now, coming up in the chat right now, there's a link or there's a box that says, I raise my hand in in Facebook. If you're watching, it'll say, count me in. We are so excited for the journey that you are beginning today. And we'd love to be able to help you. We'd love to be able to acknowledge the decision that you've made. So can I encourage you, be brave. Don't be shy. Click that button. Click that link. We would absolutely love that. Congratulations. We're so, so excited for you. I'm going to hand back now. But thank you so much for coming today. We love you. Be blessed. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.